Hey, Mac, when does deer season start? Well, if you want the best deer herd possible, Lanny, you need to start right now. Right now. That's, That's why right. we're starting our promotion. I mean, we've got a deer season starts now promotion on plantbiologic.com where you can pick up our Game Changer soybeans, our forage soybeans, and our spring protein peas. While you're there, you might as well go ahead and pick up some brassicas like our final forage and winter bowls. Yeah, stock up for the cool season planting right now. Listeners to the GK Podcast, if you use coupon code GKPOD, you can save an additional 10% off our entire selection of warm season, cool season, and clover food plot seed. Get started today and visit plantbiologic.com for an unforgettable fall. I am Jeff Foxworthy, and welcome to Gamekeeper Podcast. If you want to learn more about farming for wildlife and habitat management, then, buddy, you are in the right place. Join the Gamekeeper crew direct from Mossy Oak Land Enhancement Studio as they discuss the latest wildlife and habitat management practices, news, and, of course, hunting. There's no telling what you'll learn, but I'm going to tell you, I bet it's interesting. Enjoy. Oh, I get a kick out of hearing Jeff every time when he when he introduces uh, the Gamekeeper Show. So welcome, everybody, once again to the heart and soul of the Mossy Oak Land Enhancement Building. I'm Bobby Cole. Across from me is Lanny Wallace. Whoop, and whoop. Next to me is uh, Dudley Sleepless and Startful Phelps. He not been resting well, Dudley? Yeah, I'm on a no-sleep kick. Uh, so That's got to be miserable. Uh, I decided today to quit coffee. Oh, uh, so you hadn't had any caffeine all day? No caffeine. How are you feeling? I feel pretty good. Good. That's good. Tough, I, tough day to quit coffee when Cleveland... It has a French press sitting on the... Yeah, on I know. It's here. fancy coffee. But I tell you what, I'm a professional sleeper. That's good. I know. I know I bring it up often, and I'm sorry. <laughs> you do. <laughs> My wife is kind of, you know... She's not real happy about the well I, how well I sleep either. <laughs> so look here, uh, we're we're excited about these podcasts, but now we don't know. We may be putting people to sleep. That that may be the best use for this. Have you tried listening to our podcast uh, in the late at night? That might put you to sleep. I, I actually have. So it put my wife to sleep. Yeah, but I liked it. Well, that's good. Well, so look. If you're listening and you like this, we would love for you to go on. To it. Like if you're listening on the Apple podcast, mm-hmm. I think I'm saying that right, you can give us a review, and then we'll know what you like and what you don't like. But uh, we'll just be honest. We're not asking you to blow us up with five stars, although that would be very nice. Be nice. But we just we need some reviews. So uh, however you listen to it, please review us when you get a chance. And today If you like us, tell your friends. Yeah, yeah, share us with some people. So, yeah. uh, so today's show is going to be pretty cool. We've got uh, – Dr. Ed Snotty, who has helped us for years with some fertilizer products, and he is super knowledgeable. I'm sure, you know, so there's a couple of topical events. This Hurricane Sally that, uh, you know, deposited so much water on the state of Alabama and Louisiana and Georgia. Yeah, she hung a right right there at the end and cut really northeast, which uh, changed changed the direction and I think shocked a lot of people. Um, none of the models, I don't think, showed going it that way, did they much? And Not until right towards the end. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got friends in Troy, Alabama, that got nine inches. Wow. That's a lot of water. A lot of water. I think they got you know, 20 there Gulf was a, Shores. There was a tiny pocket just barely north of the coast that got over 30. Wow. That was in Pensacola, I think, wasn't it? Near that, Pensacola, yeah. Mm, mm. That's a lot of rain. So uh, in the last two days – 
I'm starting to see bucks without velvet on my cameras coming mm-hmm. out. I mean, I some pretty, are and some aren't. Yeah, t- today is the 17th of September. Mm-hmm. Feels a little early. Yeah, it does feel a little early. But that, you know, I, I don't know, maybe because of the hurricane, these north winds the last couple of days, kind of, you know, kind of got, got me thinking about it. In the temperature my, changed. Yeah, in, in my neck of the woods, you know, central Mississippi, it's usually not until right before October first, and then all they all suddenly lose their velvet. Mm-hmm. It just does, it does seem a little bit early this year. I was thinking this one. Uh, speaking about camera pictures, y'all check this deer out. Undisclosed location. What you think, Bobby? Well, he's got that uh, classic look of of uh, of a. Uh, of a piebald deer. Piebald deer. He, I don't see a Roman nose, but he, you know, he's he's obviously piebald. So I'm gonna pass this to Dudley. Um, it, so typically, piebald deer would have a shorter nose. They, the ones I've seen and been around that have been, I've really got to look at up close, like being in the back of the truck and mm-hmm. had a Roman nose. Mm. So it's like a genetic thing, maybe. I think it could be. Huh. So is that part? Uh, is that would you? Is that kind of like being an albino? I don't think so. Uh-uh. Um, I did. Had I known we were going to talk about this, I've got some information because I've got a couple of pictures on my phone of some pie balls that we've got. And I one night posted a picture of them, and I learned people were commenting on my page, and I learned more about pie ball deer than I ever. I mean, it was, it was pretty fascinating. Mm, mm, mm. And there's some people every year that have harvested some really nice bucks that were Pie yeah, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a summer coat picture of a piebald like that one. I guess now we're going to have to share that photo. Yeah, we'll have to share this photo and let everybody see it. And then I think we've also, we posted the Dove Necropsy uh, photo on it, social too. Yeah, so. it's, it's, uh, it's not gross, so nobody has to no, worry about no. looking at it. It's G. G-rated. Very, very G. It's a G-rated It looks necropsy. like you sold some seeds G-rated. in the back of your truck yeah. is what it looks like. With a little tuft of feathers to the side of it. Yeah, it's amazing how much they eat when you oh, cut all that out. I'm telling you, that dude was stuffed, and that's why I picked him out because he was sitting over there and he looked like his neck was swollen up. And I was like, "Good grief!" And then, and then somebody posted that on our Facebook page, mm-hmm. and you know, like, you know, can you identify the seeds? And <laughs> within like five minutes, somebody ID'd all of them and right. just kind of killed the post. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, maybe we should ask them to post their own dove necropsies instead of. So I meant to bring a woolly croton in. I saw some plants the last few days, and it, it yeah, I've been around you too much. I thought, okay, I'm gonna come back and get those, and mm-hmm. then I never thought about it again. And that's a, clearly being around you has rubbed off on me. Every time I see woolly croton, I think about doves on the grill because don't they love it? I mean, every they it just seems like it. it's really indicative and of it's naturally occurring and, out in some prairie soils. And is only thing I know it as is woolly croton. Is that a slang name? I'm well, sure. You know, the, the, they've changed the scientific name. Did you know that? I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not what I learned, even though I can't remember that either. <laughs> Croton capitatus. Croton. Well, there that would make sense. Woolly Croton. Croton capitatus. Why would they change the scientific name? Well, it happens. Um, Partridge P was changed from, I think now it's... Uh, well, they, it used to be Camacrista fasciculata, and now it's some other weird word. So do they send out a memo to the people that are really in the know on this kind of thing? Well, if you're in the know, you're in the know, so you know. So, yeah, you would already know if you're in the know. Who would That's change the name? 
I don't know, but it's also called dove weed, which is what yeah, I'm going to yeah, call yeah. it for the rest of my life now. Yeah. Mm. So uh, before we drop this and move on, who who would make the decision about the scientific name? I'm sure there's some kind of panel mm. out there that does that. A committee. Well, obviously they took Latin at some point in their lives. E pluribus undum. What does that mean? I don't know where that came from. I got the ADD bad today. <laughs> That's on the dollar bill, maybe. <laughs> is that on the dollar yeah. bill? Okay. All but right. what's so cool about Croton is it it occurs on poor soils, so there's there's bare ground around it, and so it it throws the seed at a good time of year for dove season. But it's it's also uh, easily accessible for doves because they like bare ground and dirt. Well, that makes a lot of so, sense. Mm-hmm. A really good site you know, maybe covered up in some kind of grass that's hard to get to the ground, whereas mm-hmm. croton usually occurs uh, where cows have been trodden around and that kind of thing. Yeah, making. So it just that? leaves seed on the bare surface usually. So it's not necessarily that that's more palatable. It just happens to be the seed that's on the bare ground. I think a little of both. Yeah, yeah that would make sense. <laughs> so looking at my watch as we go through this, it reminded me that that uh, Bertucci watches is the sponsor of this week's show. Mm, it's and, time for the sponsor. It, and um, <laughs> they have a, a little uh, offer they just informed me that uh, if you're listening to this podcast and you go to BertucciWatches.com and use the code GAMEKEEPER, you get $25 off of a GAMEKEEPER watch. Boom. And they're fine watches. I love mine. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a heck of a deal. It really is. 25 bucks off. So it's BertucciWatches.com and then code GAMEKEEPER. And uh, there's about 10 different models of the GAMEKEEPER watch. So we appreciate them being a part of the show. And moving right along, we're uh, what else we got that are uh, current events that we need to touch base on, Lanny? Uh, elk season has started. I don't know if y'all have been looking on social media. Been some big ones killed. Been some big ones killed. I know the Primos boys are on the board. Uh, a couple of our guys are on the board yeah. here at Mossy Oak. The, so. uh, it seemed like Mackie killed a yeah, giant. Yeah, Mackie killed a giant. And Rusty, I think Rusty killed a good one too. Ben has killed a bunch of bulls. Ben has killed a bunch of bulls. What do you When you've got that many bulls, what do you do with them? I don't know. I don't have that many bulls. <laughs> well, you've got a big one hanging in your office. Yeah. There's a bigger one out in the European. In the what are you going to do with that one? Because Copper, every morning we walk by it, he has to smell it like it's the first time he's seen it. I mean, we just sit there and look at it. You don't like looking at it? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, that elk deserves to be hung someplace where you can admire it rather, rather than trip on it on the floor. Okay. Well, we'll hang it on the wall with the other two. Most museums don't have elk heads laying in the floor. Yeah. Most museums don't have as many whitetails as you have hanging out there either. Speaking really? of where do you put them, <laughs> <laughs> running out of room over here. Yeah, if those have been elk, you'd have to have a whole other building. You know, we need to get a taxidermist to sponsor this show. That'd be great. Need. Yeah, That'd be great. Because I think we all owe the taxidermist something at some point during the year. Yeah, it reminds me. I need to call Rhett. <laughs> Get squared. Up. Yeah, he'll be ca- he'll be calling me. So. <laughs> so why don't we use this time? Uh, why don't we try to get uh, Doctor Ed Snotty Dr. on the phone? Ed. And he oh, is Ed. he is just an authority on a number of subjects. Some of which fascinate us. Others uh, don't fascinate us. Yeah. The insects it doesn't excite me. At so. All. Is he an entomologist or is he just an insect enthusiast that is very knowledgeable? I'll I have think, to ask him. I think he is a tried and true entomologist. Entomologist. Um, entomologist. 
I know he carries a butterfly net with him wherever he, he goes. does. All right, let's see if we can get him on the phone. The Gamekeeper Magazine is our life outdoors on paper. We love Gamekeeper's Magazine. It's full of great information, full of ideas on how to make the habitat better. From plots to trees to whitetails and waterfowl. It's total farm management. There's so much information in Gamekeeper's, especially when it comes to managing your property. You can't go wrong if you want to improve your habitat for wildlife. Pick up our Gamekeeper's Magazine. Gamekeeper's, the journal of wildlife stewardship. Hey, I'm Toxie Hayes. And I'm Cuz Strickland. You know, here at the Mossy Oak brand, a primary thing that we all believe in is the good that we do will last long after we're all gone, which is why we challenge everyone who loves the outdoors and the critters who call it home to participate in the second annual Mossy Oak Properties National Day of Conservation. That's right, Toxie. Saturday, September the 26th, we challenge you to do something for conservation plant a tree, clean a stream. Hey, introduce somebody to the outdoors. We want everybody to know that if you love the outdoors, you're the tip of the spear and you're a part of this conservation effort. Absolutely. So the most important thing is, are you in? Do you accept the challenge? I accept it. Do you accept it? Good afternoon, this is Ed. Hello, Ed. This is Bobby and Lanny and Dudley and hey. Jason. Hey, Ed. Hey, guys. How are y'all doing? Man, we're doing great. How about you? Doing great. Well, doing good. great. Did you All get right. some rain down there? Yeah, we got <laughs> a, a total of six inches yesterday. Hmm. Wow. So, That's a lot at one time. Yeah, it's a lot at one time. He's near Auburn. He's... Uh, I think his farm is South Auburn, isn't it? Russell County. We're giving GPS yeah, farm's coordinates. About twenty-five miles south. Well, good. They got more wind than we did, so well, I got to go check the pine trees. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, you do. So, well, well Ed, look, yeah. we wanted to pick your brain. You know a lot, and see if we could share some things with some listeners that would uh, not only help us, but help them. And uh, the way we met you years ago, um, obviously you're a fertilizer expert. You work for a company called AgriBee. And uh, you're down in that southeast Alabama and west uh, Georgia and helping farmers, and you make some great water-soluble products. And that's you helped us build a product we've got called Mean Green, which is a water-soluble, spray it over the top of your food plot, Food plot fertilizer. And it's got a lot of micros in it, I, I, including molly. I was hoping... Molybdenum. Yes, well, I can't pronounce that, so uh, Ed and I refer to it as molly. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, and it's not the kind of molly that... Uh, Where it, are you it, been going, Bob? Isn't there something... Where are you and Ed been going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I uh, can imagine Bob that, and that, Ed on a, molly. That's a, that's that really truly is the industry standard as to what we call so sodium molybdate. <laughs> See, I stuttered on that one. Everybody just calls it Molly, and we know what it is. Right. Okay. Oh, okay. And so, <laughs> yeah. So 
Would you take a we, minute and explain you know, that that product, that water soluble, and when to spray it, and the benefits that a food plot guy can get from that? Exactly. Micronutrients are very important. Things like iron, zinc, boron, moly, copper. They, you know, they all tend to be metals, and they have charges attached to them because. They're metal. Um, and when you plant your food plot and the young seedlings come up, they have a very small root system. So they can't reach out there and get your base macronutrients that you've put out there. So uh, phosphate is difficult for them to get to anyway because it's, it's not readily available, especially in cool, damp soils. And they'll just kind of sit there and be stunted. But we designed Mean Green so we overcome that. And by spraying the, the Mean Green, it's a 1540-5, and we've got a fully loaded micronutrient package in it. Now, as I said, they're metals, so... You have to chelate them because if you if you don't and they get into the soil profile, uh, they have a different charge than the soil particles do. So it's just like taking a magnet and sticking it to the refrigerator, and you lock that you lock that um, micronutrient up. So what we do is take the strongest chelator, which is an ADTA, and we change the charges of it. To where it repels against the soil, it repels against uh, anything you've got in the solution uh, tank that you're using and spraying. And it is a water soluble, which means it has the consistency of like sugar or salt. And and we use the quality raw ingredients so it will dissolve instantly. Mm-hmm. We have never had anybody call back and say that it just didn't wasn't wonderful on their food plots. It turns them from green to almost a like almost like a dark blue. I talked to a guy today that uses it in his yard. Is that right? Oh yeah, he it, loves it. It, it. it is fantastic. <laughs> now it doesn't yeah. you, it doesn't re- take the place of the regular fertilizer. You still need to put down, you know, follow a soil test and put down. You know, a couple of hundred pounds of the triple thirteen or whatever it calls for, but then after the plot is up and growing and those leaves are exposed, you can come back through on a on a warm October afternoon or November afternoon and and spray this, and it it just it makes the plants explode, which makes them more palatable. Yes, more nutrient dense. Yeah, you know, guys, even spray around to- the trees. That's right. right. Toxie always talks about doing that big field spraying right there around where you want to bow hunt, and mm-hmm. that's where the deer are going to be. I've I've noticed it helps tremendously. Well, like clover, brassica, but you know how brassicas will get that purple tinge mm-hmm. to them, yeah. and it, it, it's almost like it happens earlier and earlier every year. You know, but once you start putting out these micros like Mean Green. Um, you know, you heard Ed say, like, phosphorus is harder for a plant to absorb mm-hmm. in cold, damp conditions. Well, when you put it in a, when you put it on the leaf. It's uh, readily absorbed. In, in, in a form that it can take it on the leaf, then it's readily absorbed. Hmm. So what's also uh, 
interesting is that now there's a, a, several companies like Chapin that offer their sprayers for your ATV, mm-hmm. and they're so easy to use. Mm-hmm. And they've got removable tanks, so you could have, you know, a glyphosate tank, and you could have a mean green tank, and just you just swap Switch them out. those out. Or there's backpack sprayers, so there's no excuse. This is so simple for a guy to do. It really is. And five pounds does an acre. What really struck me last year, Austin Delano took some photos of some clover he had not sprayed and clover that he did spray with the mean green. You know, same plot, same lime, same fertilizer. Uh, but they greened up in the spring much more quickly. They were like twice as tall and had double the size of the root system. Mm-hmm. And he, did he fertilize that in the spring or was that in the fall? Well, he fertilized it in the fall, but this was just when the he went back, you know, probably during turkey season. You know how everything mm-hmm. flushes and oh, looks yeah. real pretty. Uh, the the clover was just so much further along and, and you know, twice the twice the foliage. We need to get that picture from him. I yeah. bet he took a picture. We'll post it. He did. It's probably on uh, Biologic's Instagram page. But it, so. it, it's incredible stuff. Well, hey, look, Ed, before we let you go, Lanny, I know wants to ask you about some of your uh, about you being an entomologist and your interest in bugs, and we were kind of arguing back and forth. But when you were up here about ten years ago, and there was a cicadia outbreak, and you uh, it was that seventeen year cicadia mm-hmm, that red one with the red eyes. Yeah, you were really excited. Did you actually eat one of those? Exactly. No, I did not. <laughs> okay, well, I'm not too Lanny thought you ate one. And I, thought, I swore Bobby said he caught one in the net and ate it, and I was like, what? <laughs> he caught one in the net, but I don't recall him eating it. I, I, th- I think what you're thinking about is <clears throat> it's like when I'm catching dragonflies. There's so many around there that I can't get them in a, in a kill jar fast enough, so I take them and fold their wings back, which doesn't affect them, and their wings are very clear, has uh, very strong veins in them, which supports the structure of the wings. And I'll fold them back and put them in between my lips. Oh, okay. That makes more sense then. No, and, and no, that, that does not make it's any not, sense. It's actually all. holding pen, huh? <laughs> yeah. And so I hold them by the wings. I do dragonflies the same way. You know, if I'm hitting a spot of dragonflies, you know, I can't stop every single time I catch one to go put it in a, a kill jar to preserve it. So, you know, I may walk around with it in your mouth two or three minute. dragonflies. Yeah, hmm. holding them, holding the wings with my lips. You need to just so. get you some pockets on your britches, and you won't have to do all that. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you run the chance of damaging the wings, hmm. So, which is a very vital part. That's some fascinating stuff, and you sound like you can uh, – you live it every day. There's no doubt about that. Yes, it's, it's uh, you know, it's been my life for the last 35 years, <laughs> and I've learned a lot of things over that time period. So, but I love agriculture. I love helping growers, you know, grow their crops. And me myself, as a deer hunter, I plant, you know, multiple food plots and really manage them. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it I, is. I call you a gamekeeper. I don't yeah. know if I call you a deer hunter. Then. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> Well, okay, I, I am a gamekeeper. I'm yeah. remembering. Yeah, we'll give you that. Can y'all? 
We'll give you that. Well, uh, Ed, we appreciate you being on here. Absolutely. And please tell all the people back at the at your office at Agri-Bee we said hello, and we appreciate what you guys do. And we'll have you back on sometime real soon. Talk about army worms. There you go. Just, just let me know. Yes, okay. sir. I'll we'll be more than happy to do it. All right. Thanks, Ed. Thanks, Ed. All right. We'll see you. Thank you. Yes, sir. All right. Bye-bye. I'm Cuz Strickland with Mossy Oak. You know, conservation is a big part of what we do here at Mossy Oak, which is why we've been called the official camo of conservation. On Friday, September the 25th, I want you to join us at the Mossy Oak store in West Point for the Mossy Oak Properties National Day of Conservation event. From 2 to 5 p.m., we'll have tree giveaways for our first 200 guests from Native Nurseries free magazines from Mossy Oak Gamekeepers, a biologic seed raffle to help you get your fall food plots ready, and tasty samples from the all-new Gamekeeper butchery line of wild game meats. Stock up for hunting season with gear at the Mossy Oak store featuring special savings store-wide. Again, that's 2 to 5 p.m. on Friday, September the 25th at the Mossy Oak store on Highway 45 in West Point for the Mossy Oak Properties National Day of Conservation. We look forward to seeing you there. When I first bought this farm a short time ago, every single field was growing up with brush eight and 10 feet high. But it went from that to this. And even though I planted Biologic with very little moisture in the ground, I was really amazed at the results. I just sat in this field with my wife as she shot her very first deer. We could not be happier. We made a memory that will last a lifetime. All because of the effectiveness of the best food plot seed on the market. Biologic is better seed, pure and simple. Log on to plantbiologic.com to learn more. I tell you what, I've, I've been around Ed a long time. He really knows his stuff. Yeah, he does. He's and he all. loves bugs. He does. That's so odd to me. I'm glad I, he was putting bugs in his mouth because I just really thought he was eating them. So that explains what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand soils and that kind of thing, but he has a knack for making the chemistry, all that stuff that's over most of our heads, and helping us understand the basics. Right. Um, you know, When he talks about all those metals, you know, all that stuff, you know, because, like, plants versus metals are just so completely opposite on my spectrum of understanding, you know, I guess the realm they live in. You know, it's just kind of crazy to me. And then it gets me to thinking, I really get lost, because then I'm thinking, like, it's all common dust. You know, mm-hmm. how'd that even get here in the first place? Whoa, man. <laughs> what is matter? We don't know. Anyways. Yeah, yeah. That's what ads for. Yeah, it's an amazing world. That's for sure. And you never quit learning. So uh, as we sit here, I'm looking at the fall issue of Gamekeepers. It's it's in the mail now, guys, so y'all can be watching for it. And we, it's a really good one. And then the the our uh, the Gamekeepers at large, which is the social media, didn't they choose the cover this time? They did. Yeah. All right. That's fun. Yeah, wait. I think we had five images, and uh, this one, this one won. It's by Lance Kruger. He's quite a photographer. That's a giant deer. It really is. I don't know where he took that picture, but it's a giant deer. It's a big deer. I'll never see. If I saw a deer like that, I'd have a heart attack. You, yeah, you would. You sure would. Standing in a brassica field. Mm. So Dudley, uh, let's let's go. Let's get to some of your questions. People have emailed in and asked Dudley some uh, some questions. Let's see what they're all about. Yeah, so we picked three. A couple of them are 
a little wordy, so I'm going to paraphrase them a little bit. There you um, go. Adam Cunningham emailed us about tree spacing, um, and he, in a nutshell, wanted to know what spacings, proper spacings are for oaks, chestnuts, and persimmons. Um, and he was also asking, would you plant them all together, or would you, you separate them? Mm-hmm. Just say you were going to fill up a field with mm-hmm. trees. Would you put all the persimmons in one area and then... And in my opinion, I, I think that's kind of a personal preference. If if you're trying to make it more of a destination area where deer are going to come at night and just eat all night long, um, that's what I would do. Mm-hmm. You know, just mix them together, space them out a little bit more because, you know, uh, chestnuts aren't going to grow as tall as an oak. So you may right. want to do some of them 50 or 60 feet apart. Um well, from but pollination perspective, it, would it be better to have them all together? Well, if they're all in the same field, a lot of that stuff is bee pollinated, wind pollinated. They should be fine. Um, and another thing I ask is, you know, are you planning on hunting this area? If you're going to bow hunt, you might want to have large groups of the same species. Mm-hmm. Oh, so that way fruits, they're, they're not as spread out. So you may be able to hunt the persimmon area early for a couple mm-hmm. of weeks or whatever and then move on to your some of your oaks mm-hmm. and that way you're not boogering up your whole field you know you're going from hot spot to hot spot i like that so it, like it's that. just kind of a personal preference but generally you know bigger hardwoods i space about 35 feet apart um and uh, things like fruit trees I, I usually do about 15 to 25 a little tighter um the the next question is Jim Jan- Jankowski up in New York. New uh, York. He says, I live in upstate New York. I'd like to grow a fast-growing oak and chestnut trees. What do you have available for me? Uh, upstate New York, well, for starters, New York is, I want to say, has the broadest planting zones of any other state. They go every, They go from zone 7 to zone 3. Hmm. Um, but because he's in, of elevation or just how big the state is? A uh, little bit of everything. Yeah. You've got lake effect from the Great Lakes oh, on yeah. one side, and you've got the ocean on the other side. Hmm. Um, and then uh, in upstate, it's a lot colder. Oh, um, and so he just said upstate, so I'm assuming he's in zone four, maybe even in zone three, which is hmm. too cold for, for most chestnuts, you can do chestnuts starting in about zone 4B. Mm-hmm. Um, and Go otherwise, south, I would, uh, for your oaks, I'd probably focus on swamp white oak and bur oak. They're both really cold hardy and do well in that area. And northern red oak would be another good one. Uh, so, so there's, yeah. I've always been kind of confused between a chestnut oak and a chestnut. Well, those are, they're Two completely related. different. They're in the same family, but they're not in the same genus. The chestnuts have that spiny burr mm-hmm. that's really you know sharp right. and can poke you. Um, oaks make acorns, but the chestnut and the um, chestnut oak are in the same family. They're in the same, the same family. Mm-hmm. The reason uh, the chestnut oaks are also. Uh, kind of referred to as the chestnut leafed oaks because their leaves resemble a yeah. chestnut mm-hmm. oak. It's kind of it kind of has that sawtooth edge on it, that sawtooth margin. So that's the similarity is the leaves. Right. Um, and then my third question is uh, from Daniel Burnett and he's asking about 
native grasses and he wants to plant plugs instead of seed mm-hmm. and wants to block a view it's 300 feet long and wants to block a view and wants to know what's spacing on the plugs uh, and that's also that has to do with your budget it really um, mm-hmm. one feet apart would be perfect it would be just ultimate um, way to do it instant gratification yeah. you know you're blocking a view maybe three rows deep um, but, uh, most budgets, I would say about three feet apart and let them grow together. Mm-hmm. And some people will even do th- uh, three or four feet and then put seed in there as well. Or offset the, your planting. Maybe. Yeah. The, the beauty of the plugs is you're going to get a seed head year one. It's going to grow tall. And then our plugs are even bigger than most standard mm-hmm. plugs. So it works really well, but yeah, Daniel, I'd probably go three feet between plants. I've personally, you know, my experience with the native grasses, I've, you know, burned, used herbicide and put them down. And it takes a long time for them to germ. Um, yeah, it's 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 up to three. It's usually three years yeah. before they are just perfect. And every plug I've ever planted is growing like crazy to this day. You know, that. I oh, know, yeah. yeah just immediately. Just and, I mean, you're looking at most of those, you can get those plugs for a buck, you know, somewhere around there. Uh, or two bucks, just depends. But that's a good deal. It is. When you got something, you know, you can mm-hmm. see it. That's a big thing for me. You know, I mean, I remember coming to work being like, man, I planted this stuff like 45 days ago. And they're like, oh, it could take up to like three years. Oh, yeah. Remember, oh, wow. remember when we planted the rough at the Mossy Oak Golf Course? Yeah. And all those big timers were like, so when's this stuff going to start growing? And you're like, well, mm-hmm. we told you when it started. It was about a three-year process. Yeah. But uh, I, you have to remind folks about that a lot. Mm-hmm. But it's worth the wait because once it's there, it's amazing. It's every year. Mm-hmm. It, it's just done. It's great for the soil too, isn't it? Yeah, they have super deep roots. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the reason all those soils are so black in the Midwest is from prairie grasses and their ah. deep roots. Thousands and thousands of years of of roots growing and dying and decaying. It's not as much the stuff on the top, huh? Yeah, it's more the roots. Learn something every time yeah, you ask Dudley something, you know. He's, he is a wealth Between of him and Ed, I'm just like, my brain's about to blow up over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right, Dudley, I guess we've exhausted your questions. Next week, we'll look forward to some more. Yeah. Y'all, y'all email him. What is the email address they can use? You know, I think we're still struggling with that. That's, I'm going to put that on my plate again. Uh, okay. I don't know All what right. has happened with that. Well, just... Uh, D Phelps at mossyoak.com. Yeah, or post it on, go to social, go to the Gamekeepers page, yeah, direct Biologic page, DM. Hit, yeah. hit Bobby with that no, DM. Hit with, yeah, don't, don't, hit, <laughs> don't hit me with a DM. Hit the Biologic page with a DM. Or Gamekeepers. Or, 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 or native, native Nurseries, yeah. Yeah. We got a lot of pages. We got a lot of different channels to reach us. Yeah. All right. Well, it's been fun listening to, learning about fertilizers and whatnot and, uh, Anybody got anything else? Well, I did. Yeah, I mean, I learned that, you know, earlier today that Madonna actually had a gamekeeper. Yeah. Yes. That's interesting. She's got an estate over in in England. Yeah. And it's, my understanding, it's a giant estate and they pheasant hunt and uh, hunting is supposed to be a big part of that landscape where that estate is. Well, from looking at this article online, things might have went awry with Madonna and her gamekeeper, it looks like. Well, what happened? Do tell. Do tell here. It seems like um, I think they had some, they had some, were trying to give a little bit of guidance on to the gamekeeper on how to, 
raise the birds and everything else involved in that. And then, I don't know, it looks like the tensions got up a little bit. And then her and what is this guy, Richie? Is that, is that, is that Madonna's husband? I think at one time it was. I'm it not was. sure he is her it's husband a, at this moment. Apparently they were scrapping in the yard and old guy broke the gamekeeper's arm. Oh, no. Yeah, Mr. Martin. But now Mr. Martin's over, over here at the States and he's helping a billionaire develop a shooting property. So, oh, Mr. Martin landed on his feet. Good for him. So I wonder if Madonna's looking for a gamekeeper. I never, I mean, I've, I'm not one to judge books by the cover, but I never would have thought that she would no. be into this kind of stuff. I'm sure that there's probably a backstory that she wasn't really into this kind of stuff is why Mr. Martin's not employed anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, well, Madonna, if you're listening, call us and, and uh, fill us in on the story. Yeah, we can give, hook you up with Dudley. He can give you some pizza, uh, some pointers on what you need to do over there. Yeah, he could probably even help her with some dance moves. Oh. Truth be known. Yeah. But, uh, you know, just to put a little finality to this, I think that this husband, this guy Richie, mm-hmm. is from England, and that's probably where that connection to the property came from. Oh, uh, so, okay. Because, you know, if you marry into somebody that's got a bunch of money, first thing you're going to do is <laughs> want to go buy a bunch of land yeah. somewhere. <laughs> I want to go bird hunting. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, do we have anything else? I don't think so. Uh, Lanny, you got some hot peppers in front of you, but I don't think you're going to open that one up. Yeah, you know, I think, well, maybe we can talk about that uh, on the next one, you know. Every time I think about elk, I think about, you know, peppers. A hot pepper. Yeah, well, you're going elk hunting here pretty soon. Yeah, it won't be long. We'll be headed out. Yeah, next week, let's talk about that. Why don't we find out what other people have been doing? See, I'm breaking my boots in. My bottom land. Y'all like those? They do. Bottom land danners. Bottom land danners. I'm going to go hike in Sipsy with them, Dad. All right. broke in. Well, everybody, we appreciate y'all listening. Remember to uh, to give us a review, and uh, we sure appreciate you yeah, listening. Yeah, hit us Go- up on social media. Um, give us a review. Give us a like. Yeah, we'll be back here same time next week, and you can listen to another podcast from the heart and soul of the Mossy Oak Land Enhancement Building. So, Lanny, it's time for your patented phrase. Get us out of here, Cleve. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Gamekeeper Podcast. And be sure to tune in again. Subscribe to Gamekeeper Farming for Wildlife magazine. And don't miss the Mossy Oak Properties Fistful of Dirt podcast with my good buddy, Ronnie Cuz Strickland.